At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. We have a very cool interview for you guys today. But before I get into it, the sun is shining. It's beautiful outside. It looks like it's about minus 8 degrees Celsius here on my on my dash, on my truck. It's at about 25 degrees Fahrenheit, somewhere in that range. I, I don't know really off the top of my head. But anyway, at the end of the podcast, I'm going to read you guys my Christmas poem that I post every year. I wrote it about three years ago. And I post it every year because it relates to an HVAC tech. If you're an HVAC technician, you've been on call, you've been on call on Christmas, that poem is going to relate to you. 100% it is. I know it will. So look for that in the outro. So I got Liz Sandwith coming up on the podcast. Liz lives in the east coast of Canada and she's made a pretty special achievement out in her neck of the woods and I'm going to let her explain that but what I do learn about Liz during the interview is that her husband is an HVAC tech as well that's that's crazy man and woman both HVAC techs married to each other you don't really hear of this too often now I had to start asking questions I'm like whoa like is there advantages is there disadvantage you guys bounce ideas off each other like you could never leave work almost like so I started to ask her all these questions so you guys are going to learn just along with me um, what it's like to have a spouse as an HVAC technician we're going to get to that right now here comes Liz this is the HVAC know-it-all podcast and I'm your host Gary McCready thank you first of all for getting on to the podcast with me so I can interview you uh, because I don't get to speak to too many women in the trade. I know there's more coming out um, every day. Every day I look online, there's there's more women getting into the trade, and I think that's I think that's really awesome. So it's really cool to to talk to to women that are getting into a trade that was predominantly kind of dominated by men, and um, just to get the perspectives of, of the females. So yeah, um, sure. You you good with that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So. Let's start off by um, talking about kind of how you got into the trade in the first place. Sure. Um, so <clears throat> my previous career was I was uh, managing a veterinary practice. Okay. And um, basically it went from a privately owned local kind of deal to um, a corporate owned entity. And I could kind of see the writing on the wall, although I could potentially make more money. I didn't really like kind of some of the things they had to go along with that. So I was looking at a career change and my ex-husband actually um, has been in the trade since uh, late 90s, early 2000s. And okay. um, I knew that going back to school, I would want to look at uh, a trade in general because it's it's really, you know, pays you out pretty well uh, for what you put in as far as uh, money for education. 
and uh, then it was just kind of to hone in to see if, I guess I kind of bounced back and forth initially between electrical and HVAC. Um, but HVAC definitely had more appeal where you'd be kind of turning wrenches and working on some bigger mechanical things and more variety day to day. And uh, yeah, so that kind of clinched that. I worked for uh, the same company that my husband works for, ex-husband works for, um, for a few months before I kind of pulled the trigger to go off to school just to make sure that I would like the actual work that uh, it involved. Mm -hmm. And um, I did. I thought it was very challenging and exhausting, but at the same time, uh, really rewarding. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, I find it, the, the days you, um, you encounter new equipment or new new things or new tools that you buy and and they're all electronic and they got apps those days are are crazy exhausting because your mind is just going into overload trying to learn all this new stuff but um i mean i i, I think it's it you come out of it on the other end a way better technician way better person just by spending the time and learning right yeah absolutely so and you're in you're in new brunswick in canada that's right. Yeah. So it's funny because I don't, I, I don't, um, I don't hear the the East Coast accent on you whatsoever. <laughs> Did you oh, grow no. up? <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, I was actually born in Glace Bay, Cape Breton, which is super East Coast. Um, but then we moved to New Brunswick when I was like five, and I don't know. That's yeah, it's 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 crazy because I, I usually yeah, I, I can sense the hardcore because I work with a Nova Scotian guy and. I've been friends with a lot of people from from the Newfoundland area and stuff, and you can automatically just hear the hear the accent, right? So, off topic of HVAC. Yeah. So, in Canada, anytime somebody like where I'm, I'm in Toronto, but anytime I ever talk to somebody from the East Coast, they always when they're going back home to visit, they're always like, "Yeah, I'm I'm going back down east." Yeah. <laughs> like, where did that phrase come from? Down down east. Just good question. Just, but even when we go to visit relatives in Cape Breton we say we're going down home so <laughs> I uh I yeah I use it but I don't really know where where it comes from it's not yeah. down <laughs> it's yeah it's just east yeah it's just I don't know just one of those quirky things to say yeah. so <clears throat> you you um you achieve something very cool and um and I full disclosure I asked you about it before we got on to the recording because I totally forgot I knew that you had achieved something very cool but I totally forgot what it was and I didn't have time to do all my research because I'm on site today working and but you were actually I'll let, I'll let you I'll let you reveal what your achievement was okay sure so I'm um, the first woman in the province to become Red Seal um, in refrigeration and air conditioning so in HVAC um, and currently the only one That'll change, I think, within the next year or so, because there's another girl in Fredericton that's just, uh, she, I think she's just finishing up block three this week, so she's not too far behind. But yeah, so I was pretty so, proud to accomplish that. It, it is a great accomplishment. And for those of us outside of Canada, do you want to explain exactly what the Red Seal, what the Red Seal is? Sure. So uh, here in Canada, we have to... Um, when we take a program or a, a trade, a Red Seal designated trade like refrigeration and air conditioning, we have to uh, go take some training, go through an apprenticeship. So you have to have a relationship with uh, apprenticeship, which is its own government entity, uh, as well as an employer who's agreed to take you on and indenture you as an apprentice. 
and accumulate hours after you've done some training to um, under a journeyman to complete a certain amount of hours before you qualify to go back to school for the next block. So there's there's four blocks altogether. Um, so you have four blocks, eh? Because I yeah. only had three. So that, that that's oh, okay. yeah. Yep, so ex explain blocks. the four. Sorry, go on. I just wanted to. I just wanted to re just figure out that the four blocks because we do basic, intermediate, and advanced. So what what blocks do you guys do over there, down east? So, yeah, <laughs> down east we do block one, two, three, and four. So okay. you can either go into block one as pre-employment. So that means you've not worked with a company. You're not indentured. Um, you just go to take the schooling, then you hope to get work after, kind of thing. Um, Got you. And you write your exam at the end of the year to pass. So you've like, you've got your certificate from the course, uh, which is typically a 40 week program. And you also write your block one. So you write a, a provincial exam to be able to qualify to go ahead and work in the trade. Um, then you have to accumulate hours between that block and the next to qualify to go back to school, um, to do your second block, do it for seven weeks, write an exam at the end and do the same thing through to block four. Once you go to block four, you complete your seven or I guess six weeks at that time. Uh, you write your exam. If you pass that exam, you qualify to write your IP, your interprovincial or your red seal. And that's when you graduate from being an apprentice to being a journeyman that's, or journey that's, person, that's, I guess. That's very cool. So how long did that process take you? So I went to school for pre-employment 2014-15. So that that school year and then I just got my red seal um, this March so 2019. Oh, so, congrats, congratulations on that. Thank you. So in the company you work for what sort of work um, are you doing? Is it residential, commercial, industrial, a mix? Um, so commercial to light industrial I would yep. I would say what captures what uh, my department does. Um, so we have um, small and large commercial contracts um, that cover basically, um, you know, there's a ton of rooftop units, there's chillers, there's, um, you might be doing ventilation side of things. Um, we've got some processing plants like that uh, make plastic packaging for French fries and things of that nature. Um, yeah, I don't do like industrial refrigeration as far as ammonia or ice rinks or food storage. Um, mm -hmm. My actual, my her, my current husband actually does, works for the same company and works in industrial and does does that side with ammonia. Cool, so did you meet your husband where, where you're working now? I met him at school actually. Oh, did you? And then we ended up working for the same company and um, yeah, just blossomed from there. That, that's awesome. So you guys, <laughs> you guys can never get away from work because when you come <laughs> home, um, you're gonna you're probably gonna bitch about what you worked on and your boss or whoever and yep. and, um, and but the, the cool part is you can bounce ideas off each other and yes. like when I go home and talk to my wife about my job she has no clue what I do yep. right so it's hard to explain to her yeah I was uh, I pulled a, a time clock out it was burnt on the back and she's like yeah I, I don't so <laughs> you can go home and you, you and your husband can have these discussions so like is there an advantage or disadvantage to that? Like that would be an interesting relationship to be in where, where you're in the same field. I say a hundred percent advantage because we completely understand what each other is going through. 
um, especially coming up through an apprenticeship because sometimes it's not so great. Like, yeah. I don't know if you, you remember what it's like being an apprentice, but oh, you know, I do. sometimes you're in front of a piece of equipment. You're like, uh, can we swear? Is that okay? <laughs> go, go ahead. Okay. Just that's part of my kind of vocabulary. So um, you're just Which, like standing what, what in front of something. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and often I'll, I'll call, I'll call, call Jordan and like talk through, you know, bounce ideas off him kind of thing and, and get ideas where to proceed. Cause he's seen, he sees a lot bigger stuff than I do. So like, you know, the little rooftops that I work on are just child's play, you know? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> but, but, but let me ask you this. He works on bigger stuff and yeah. you call him for advice. Does he call you for advice? Uh, well, if he was, if he was in front of something that he's not, he doesn't see a lot, like, so, um, I'm thinking like a, um, dehumidifier nice rink. So yeah. they, you know, they might, they might be working on the, the chiller there as well, but they might also have the contract to do, um, the dehumidification kind of thing. So he's, he's worked on a bunch of dehumidifiers this past six months kind of thing. And initially he would, he would call me and be like, have you seen this desiccant type of, <laughs> you know, I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he's, I don't know, he's pretty quick. So I think he, he's kind of leaps and bounds ahead of me now on most stuff. So that that's very cool because it's it's very rare to meet um, a husband and wife that are both in HVAC. That's that's yeah. not so. Um, I remember when I first started getting into the trade. So I was I believe I was in trade school, and um, I worked for a company during the summer. It was just just as a helper, like whatever, sweeping around the shop. Sometimes I'd get in a van and go with somebody and kind of shadow them or whatever. And there was a man and a wife uh install team okay and and they would go out together and bang in furnaces and acs and stuff like that so i found that that interesting um that I'm a man and a wife or an install team together um, and then since then i've never met a man and wife that did hvac together and and i guess it's going to happen more and more often now that more women yeah. are getting into the field and it's probably going to happen like the same way you met your husband there's going to be let's say in 10 years from now half the class is women half the class are men well what do you think's going <laughs> to what yeah. do you think's going to happen you know what i mean they're going to talk they're going to like each other and it's going to it's going to happen more often so it's it's very cool that you're in that situation and you find an advantage to it by being able to bounce ideas off each other and understand each other more so that's yeah that's, when, when that's we got married cool. actually uh, our instructor was like, you know, well, this is a first, you know, I never had two of my students marry each other before. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that, that's cool. So how does, how does your employer like that? Are they okay with that? Oh yeah. Like it's, yeah. we, we work in different departments, so it doesn't, okay. there's no overlap really. Um, I guess the only time there's overlap would be after hours. So if I'm on call and I get a service call in the middle of the night, George's coming mm -hmm. with me. And vice versa. If he gets a service call, then you know I'm jumping in the van and going with him, and that that still wow. takes place. That commitment right there. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's safety first, right? So. Yeah. No. No. It. It. it no. It makes sense. I like. I remember being. Uh, I remember when I was like a teenager. I was I don't know 15 or 16, and I remember my uh, my dad woke me up in the middle of the night. He's like, "You got to get up and come with me to work." And I'm like, "Why?" He's like, "Well." Cause my dad was in charge of maintenance for the plant and you got a call from the alarm company saying that somebody 
and open the back door or something. Yeah. So they thought somebody broke in. My dad's like, yeah, you're coming with me. Yeah. For, for safety, right? And I don't know what I was going to do. I was like 15 years old. I probably would be scared out of my mind if I seen it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, it, it is a good idea. So for, for safety, yes. Um, getting the both of you into a truck and going out, um, that, that, that is very cool. And, and I like that you guys do that with each other. Yeah. So, I mean, typical day for you. Like, actually, we should, we should get to the, the fact that you're, um, you're on mat leave right now, right? I am, yeah. So, so typical day for me looks a lot different than it used to, but uh. yeah, and, and uh, that's actually an interesting topic for me because when, because being in in the trade, I mean, there there are dangers, right? I mean, yep. And and first first and foremost is the safety of of your baby. Yep. And when do you decide to step away and say, you know what, uh, I'm going to step away because I want to, I want to make sure my baby is grows up fine and is born and good and healthy and all that. So I'm going to step away from the trade just in case like right. when you make that decision. Um, so I've been very fortunate to work for a company that I knew I could just disclose it right away and okay. have both, uh, you know, the, the full blessing of my supervisor as well as my fellow journeyman um, to kind of refuse things that, that I was just like, no, I'm not comfortable doing that right now. Okay. Um, so I was able to work maybe even longer than, than I would have otherwise. Cause I think, I think a lot of women might struggle with disclosing that they're pregnant and worried about that. They're going to, you know, get kicked out of their position or, or what have you. Um, so for me, it was just, uh, work until I'm getting kind of uncomfortable. So on six, six months was kind of the, the cutoff for me. And we're getting into heating season. We're getting into ice. We're getting into, you know, putting a, a ladder up, an extension ladder up the side of a roof where footing isn't 100%. So for me, that was just like, it's it's time, you know. And you start to get big enough that your center of gravity changes. So, yeah. But it's, yeah. It, I mean, it's going to be individual for anyone. I mean, there's dangers at every job. I know how to work safe. Uh, I know what to avoid. Um, yeah. So very personal, I think, and depends on if you're doing residential, maybe you could do it longer. I'm not sure. Just, yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. You're right. It, it is a very personal thing. I mean, it, it depends on how, how the individual feels. Um, I mean, cause you're not working behind a desk. I mean, it's not like yep. you're sitting at a desk at a computer in a environment that's, that's heated and cooled and the dangers of, of the trade are, are not there. So yeah, it, it, it does make sense what you're saying. It's, it's a very personal choice. So now that you're off on mat leave, I guess you're not going to be hopping in the truck with your husband when he goes, <laughs> when he goes on calls anymore. Well, I, I still do sometimes. Oh, do um, yeah, okay. yeah. But I just sit in the van instead of, <laughs> instead of going inside, I'll just sit in the van and read. Cool. So when the baby's born though, that, that might have to unless, you bring, <laughs> unless you bring the baby with you, but that yeah. could be a bit of a, a fiasco. Service van only seats too. So that's a no yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, what, do, like when you're, when you're at work, what does a typical day look like for you? Like, do you have to go in to the office or the shop every day or do you just get dispatched from the night before or the morning and just kind of head out and do calls? Yep. You just kind of head out and do your thing. We have basically like we have our own contracts that we're in charge of. Yep. Um, and then 
you know, service calls come in from there. And often what they try to do is like, usually what happens is you're, you're on contract, they call you directly anyway. So it, you know, you don't have a whole lot of interaction with the office unless it's uh, like a service call that isn't one of your own contracts. Mm-hmm. And then you just kind of get interrupted in what you're doing and have to, to go and come, come back to it later. But um, yeah, basically we have like a, a, a whip, a work in progress that we get. Um, and we just work off that tablet and do the stuff that is assigned to us, which we pretty much already know about anyway. It's just, it's cyclical, right? Like you might have one contract that comes up. You have a few hours there every few months and others you have, I have hours there every week. So All right, let's do this real quick. Yellow Jacket has been kind enough to send me a list of things they're sending to me to give away to you guys. Now stay tuned in the near future for images and little videos or whatever I, I decide to post out and instructions on how to win this stuff. So Yellow Jacket makes some incredible stuff. They've been in business for, for decades and they're at the top of their game when it comes to refrigeration and refrigeration tools. So look for these giveaways coming soon, real guys. It's gonna be exciting. Dan Foss. Another company at the top of their game and the free education that they offer is amazing all right they, they take time and money and build these free e-lessons for you guys to learn from the the tx valve one that i've been digging into lately is a really good one it's got some good images it's got some good videos and got good information on like bulb placement and stuff like that so check it check it out guys i'm going to leave the link um, in the podcast or the show notes so you guys can go in and check it out for yourself. The other thing I want you guys to check out is House Call Pro. $19 for your first month when you sign up, okay, using my landing page that is set up for me. It's uh, housecallpro.com forward slash HVAC know it all. Invoicing, estimating, all that kind of stuff. Mobile, mobile friendly for your techs on the road to take payment from the door. All that cool stuff, okay. The FLIR CM275, it's it's a multimeter, it's a, got a clamp for checking amp probes, it's got a thermal image camera on it. This meter is completely badass. I've been using it now for about three to four weeks in different applications like voltage testing, amp draw, resistance. I've been using the thermal image camera on it and it really is a great meter. Uh, I'm going to do a little YouTube video on it very, very soon actually to get get some more information out on it just some some of the basic features and some of the things i've used it for but if you're in the market for a new meter the cm275 by fleer it really is a kick-ass meter okay um let's get back to liz guys let's go this segment of the podcast is brought to you by harago a trades only platform helping you find the right job or the right candidate harago.com best in trade and I, I like it like that. I'm that's the way kind of my company is set up. And it's, I mean, I have a, a laptop with all my contracts sent out to me. Um, any jobs that I produce through finding work, and and I have the ability to say, hey, this is the job. This is this is the problem I found. I'm going to get pricing. I'm going to yep. email the office, say this is the price of the part. This is how many hours I want within reason. Um, and then they'll shoot it off to the customer. It'll get approved. It'll just land on my computer and I just pick and choose what I need to do and prioritize everything. And it's almost like you're out there running your own little business almost in a way. Right. Um, I really enjoy, I enjoy it that way instead of, because I know some companies, they drive to the shop every day. They, they stand around, they wait and they're 
they're, then they're given tasks as as um the kind of the, the morning unfolds but yeah having having this set um I, I guess set amount of contracts that you take care of allows you to kind of just go about those same buildings and and uh and maintain them but what i do find one thing i don't like about that is it gets boring after a while because you're at the same building over and over and over like i know it's cyclical like like you said but you end up once you rotate through these buildings for for years yeah. <laughs> it kind of gets boring so when i get a service call to a building i've never been to before I get all I get all excited because it's like yeah. new and fresh and there's a new problem that I get to see and, and stuff like that. So I mean, does that happen with you often? Do you get service calls outside your your realm of work often? No, not a ton. And yeah. that's that's personally that's the way I like it. I'd ra I'd like going to see my contracts that they know my face, you know, they know that I'm just going to go about and do my work and I'll let them know if there's an issue and yeah, I like I like the I really like the relationships that you have with with some uh, clients. So, yeah, I prefer that over going to a new building and not knowing like, oh God, where's this stupid thing? Like you have to try to find it or find someone that knows where it is. And yeah, yeah. So I asked this of all the the, the women I interview um, in the trade, and it's it's going to change over time, yeah. but because it's a predominantly owned by men the trade right now like yeah. if you go to uh, a site or well let me start with this so when you first got into the trade how were the, the men how, how did they treat you did they treat you fairly was there like this weird kind of distance until they got to know you and your your um, your background and, and your capabilities and stuff I would um, I would say my answer is going to be not typical just based okay. on some things that I've, I've heard other women talk about and challenges that they've had, but no, I've had, I've had zero issues. I've had what I feel like is a team environment, like at all times, um, always people willing to help and, and back you up and get you out of a jam and talk you through something. Um, I have, I guess I may owe that to my ex working in the trade as well, because I knew so many people already yeah that's around good. the city mm -hmm. um that you know there was a ton of people that i already had personal relationships with kind of thing so uh and they knew me based on that and we're just like oh okay great liz is here and um beyond that like beyond like other other technicians working with uh even going to contracts when you work for a company that is coast to coast um you know it's well recognized um the customer just assumes that whoever that company is sending knows what they're doing. Okay. They're just like, okay, you're here to fix my shit. Great. It's over there. Um, I think I know in residential, that's going to be a completely different story. Yeah. Like you're going to have to prove yourself probably to 90% of those houses that you go to because they, they're like, Oh, are you the owner's daughter? Or like, <laughs> Uh, where's where's the when's the guy coming you know um, <laughs> yeah. yeah I've heard that so many times from other girls yeah. um, and I think they're they like they just have to prove themselves over and over again and it it's got to be very frustrating but for me no like I I don't know maybe it's partially my personality too like I just kind of walk in like I own the place I guess yeah. like I'm supposed to be there because I am and yeah. uh, 
get it done. What about when you call um, a supplier for um, for uh, for parts? Do, yeah. do you get any? Is it the same thing? Every, everything's all good, or do you get some like? Once in a while, it's somewhere I don't use very often, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, or if it's like, say, you're calling, I don't know, Filtration Plus, and it's not even in your province. You know, they're in a different province, and they're they just assume maybe you're a receptionist calling for a price yeah. or something. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I just say like, I am Liz Sandwith, technician with Black McDonald, and I need blah 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 blah. <laughs> so it's yeah, I just handle it, I guess. Well, that's that's good. It's it's the same thing with um, with with industries that are predominantly owned by women. Like, uh, my wife was in the daycare industry for a very long time, and then they started seeing a trend of once in a while a man would would apply. Um, and they, they get the job and sometimes the parents would walk in and, and see the man in the classroom. Like, oh. is, that, is that a dad or is that, no, that's, that's a, that's a teacher. Right. And they're like, Oh, and they're just kind of taken aback by it. But I mean, I, I think these stigmas over time will, will kind of, will kind of change the minds of people as, as there's more of a crossover Absolutely. Um, in, in these industries, because like you said, I've, I've talked to some women in the residential, um, I guess sector of the trade and niche of the trade, and it's the same thing. They walk into the house is like, yeah, when when's the technician showing up? Yeah. <laughs> so and um, but but that will that that will definitely change over time. So where do you see like you obviously um, get online like everybody else does, and you mm -hmm. see promotion of the trades for in general, and you see promotion of the trades for women as well. Do you see the, the continuation, the trend going up for women getting into the trade still? Do you, do you oh, see it continuously yeah. rising? Oh yeah, I, like I, the secret's out. <laughs> we know that it, it pays well, and uh, you know I think even 15, 20 years ago, the the culture, even the safety culture, was vastly different. You know, like before, I would think to work in a trade, I had to be super strong. Like I, you know, I can't do that. I can't lift that. But you know, with exception, of course. But there's uh, there's so many uh, tools and, and ways of doing things now, like they don't want you hurting your back. They don't want you lifting a uh, hundred pounds to get something, to get a motor somewhere. Like you're, you use a stacker, you use a hand truck, you use whatever tools that you need kind of thing to get in place, chain falls. Um, and it's just expected that you work safe now. So I think that's a that's a big shift, especially for me, like when I was thinking about going into a trade, it's like, well, I feel like maybe at this point, it's a viable option mm -hmm. um, that, you know, I don't need just to have brute strength kind of thing to get the job done. You can, you can work around um, those things and go home at the end of the day without, without busting your back. Yeah, no, well, I'll tell you a secret. I'm not that strong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, it's not, I'm, I'm not a weakling, but I'm not that, I'm not, I'm not a Hercules by any means. I remember being um, in my early twenties and my younger brother who was like late teens came to work at the company I'm with now just for a little while. Mm -hmm. And we were roping a heat exchanger up onto the roof and uh, it got caught at the, the flashing when we're trying to get it over. We just, yep. we just couldn't yank it over. And I went over and I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm trying Push to lift it, it up over the flashing and then I'm like, I just stopped to take a breather. We kind of wrapped the uh, the the uh, the rope 
around the gas line once or twice and just held it there just to take a breather. And then uh, my brother just goes over and he's like seven years younger than me. He grabs it with one arm and yanks it over (laughs) over, (laughs) over the flashing. I'm like, yeah, way to make me look good. Yeah. (laughs) But he's, 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 uh, he's built um, a lot stockier than, than I am. So, I mean, I, I'm, I don't, I look for ways to do things easier as well. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, I'm an advocate of working smarter, not harder and trying to break your back, uh, because your, your body, you need your body once you come out of the trade, right? You're only going to work for a certain period in your life, but when you're done, you want to have a good quality of life afterwards. So, and, and I always preach safety as, as being first and foremost beyond anything beyond Mm -hmm. that hunk of metal that you're fixing. If you're going to put yourself in danger um, to, to do something, like don't. I mean, that hunk of metal is, is going to be a hunk of metal in, in the scrapyard in, in a few years anyway, right? Even if it's brand new. In 15 years, that could be in the scrapyard. But your body, you still need that working properly to maintain a good a good lifestyle. Yeah, so, it shouldn't, like your job shouldn't ruin you. <laughs> no, no, it shouldn't. Not 100%. So, um, so are you involved any in any sort of... Um, groups for women in, in the trades or HVAC or anything like that? Are you involved? Is there any groups out your way that, that you can be involved in or that you are? Yeah. So the first one that even, um, that even kind of approached anything in the province was the year I was in school in 2015. It's a program called new boots and they, um, help to place women in workplaces. Um, and would also like go into the workplace to kind of give some training before you get there to uh, maybe acclimatize like some, sometimes we have some pretty old school uh, techs and whatnot. So um, they can help ease the way that way. But uh, I didn't take part in the program because I figured I I was pretty set with my contacts kind of thing. But now on the mentoring side, I'm, I'm looking at um, doing more of that. It's a little difficult right now. And we'll be within the next year with, with a with a new baby. But uh, um, pretty passionate about about helping other women see the potential of of uh, how rewarding a trade can be, and um, helping them get there. So yeah, and and not even just just women, but I'm a big I'd say proponent for apprentices in general. Mm-hmm. Um, like <laughs> I know on some of the. The different social media sites and whatnot there's a lot of you know harping on apprentices and you know trying to you know go get an air sample all that that and much 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 worse and for me i don't know i'm not a big fan of that i think no neither am i like uh, a little bit of razzing is okay but they're there to do a job they're there to learn from you be professional and teach them yeah i i mean the the social media thing is is funny because i'm i'm always gonna and that's the reason I started all of this is because I saw a huge, huge uh, potential yep. to get in and, and show some positivity because everything was negative. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I don't mind the rat, like the, the, the razzing, especially when you get, cause it's funny, you can get to know people online. It's very weird that you can get to know people online, but yeah. you get to know them kind of well. And then once you kind of know someone, you can kind of poke fun at each other and stuff. And, 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 and I think it's hilarious that that happens but if somebody that you don't know is is in there and they're like hey i need some help with this i'm struggling here can you guys help and the responses are like call a real tech like that just it drives me insane because 
where where were you like when you were then did you know all the answers you called somebody somebody helped you so there's no need to be a dick and and to to make somebody feel that way um and i think a lot of the times like maybe they were treated that way as well so they're just like now it's my turn to shit on someone else yeah karma bitch (laughs) i don't like it either yeah I, i i don't i don't like it either because the world the world evolves and the way we teach and the way we interact also evolves whether whether you agree with it or not it's true um and i mean when i was an apprentice i i went through i went through a lot of hard times with 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 stuff uh just because the way i was treated um and a lot of a lot of other apprentices that were treated the same way they didn't last like they they just Mm -hmm. they they were done they they couldn't handle i'm out like this is this is garbage and i i I don't need so i mean i i think because here's my thought on it yeah the 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 young people aren't getting into the trades as much as they were back then and there is a gap between the older generation leaving and the younger generation um coming in there's this huge space in between um but i think in order to promote the trades to these people we need to show them that we're a team we work together we're going to stand by you we're going to help you because if not guess what they have other opportunities now i mean this is the digital age they can they can they can start their own company online doing whatever they want if they really wanted to and sit at home and do it they don't need to get into a trade and be yelled at and screamed at and 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 tortured verbally and all that kind of stuff so um yeah you don't want your trade to die off you have to make it cool for these young kids coming in and you have to show that it's they can make money um they can earn a very good living over time they can own their own business potentially one day and they can do a whole bunch of other things with it and I mean, I, I get that sometimes with uh, the older journeymen, they're they're probably sick and tired of training another apprentice. Like, you know, oh great, here's another one kind of thing. So I I understand that side of it as well, but um, it's not going to get us anywhere by by not helping. No, and it's funny because if it, let's say you're fifty-ish and you're going to work in the trade till you're sixty-five. And a young kid comes in um, and you're an ass to him. And then one day that kid becomes like the service manager of the company. And you're still <laughs> there. Then, then what are you going to do? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's best to just um, do what you can to help. And I mean, train. And I understand the frustration to train five apprentices and they all leave. Um, but I've, I've done the same thing and I'm still friends with a lot of apprentices that leave and, and I'm glad to see they've went on and done some really good things in their, their careers. And it it makes me feel good to know that I helped them at that basic point of their career to, 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 to gain that base knowledge and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's not kind of rewarding. It's, it's, it's a hundred percent rewarding when you think of it that way. Yeah. It's full circle. Like you, you were mentored when you were coming up and through and now to pay it back you um you are the mentor kind of thing yeah i have two sons that are i have one that's graduating this year high school and he's he's on the waiting list to get into the program uh for hvac next year and then the younger one's in grade 10 and he is also looking to go into hvac as well so like they're gonna be they're gonna be the guys out there kind of learning new All right, Liz, that was awesome. 
I really enjoyed learning about you. And just so everybody knows that I've never spoken to Liz before. So during the podcast, all of that learning, all of that uh, learning of Liz's career and life and being an HVAC tech, that was all done on the fly. That was all done organically, which I really like doing it like that because then the audience, you guys and I are on the same playing field and we kind of learn together. Sometimes I do a little bit of background research and stuff into the person if I have time, but I haven't, (laughs) it's so hard to have time to do that kind of stuff sometimes. And just so you guys know, I did this podcast remotely, meaning I did it away from my home where my mic is and my Wi-Fi signal. So I had to do it um, through the, through internet calling. So you can kind of tell sometimes that the internet wasn't the best during the interview, but it's all about the content within, right? So thank you, Liz, once again. It was awesome. You're welcome back anytime. So I did promise you guys that I would read you a poem, okay? This poem, just opening it up here on my other my other phone. This poem was published on hvacnoidall.com on December 21st, 2017. So you guys can go back and read it whenever you want because it's, it's there. So the podcast is called A Christmas On Call. Tis, oh, by the way, you're going to hear some profanity in this, this poem. If you don't like that, you may not want to listen, but let me explain something to you. Profanity is just words. They're just words. You need to listen to the message. That's what's important. The message and the context. That's important, not the words themselves, okay? So this is this is the <laughs> this is the poem, a Christmas on call. Tis the holiday season, great time of year. Except I'm on call, can't have eggnog and rum or even a beer. Turkey is in the oven with homemade stuffing. Too bad I'm on a roof with a fucking flame snuffing. Owner rings up with a string of new calls, while the laughter of his children echo through his halls. Arrive to the customer, their home is warm and cozy. Oh, did I forget to cancel? You sure fucking did, homie. Then asshole asks if he still owes me. I love Christmas and being on call as much as I love razor nicks while shaving my balls. Six o'clock, calls are all done. Maybe I'll make it back home to join in on some fun. Pull up to the drive, time to get tipsy. Till my neighbor runs over. My heat's not working. Are you busy? Fuck you, neighbor. Fuck you, boss. Eat my shit, Santa. Fuck you, Jack Frost. Wait, what's this? There's a note on the door. And this is what the note says. Thank you, Dad, for working hard. You are the best. You take care of us all, and you do it better than the rest. We kept the plate, f- we kept the plate warm. It's in the oven. We know how much you love Mom's homemade stuffing. There are gifts for you still under the tree with your favorite slippers to help warm up your feet. We love you, Dad. Hugs and kisses. You're always at the top of our Christmas wish list. Anger slowly diminishes. I just remembered why I still love Christmas. So that's the poem. And it came out of reading and reading frustrations of people being on call in the holidays. Myself, frustrations that, that, that we all feel as one um, being technicians in this industry and missing out on family time. And like I said, it's the context, the character in the, in the poem, he's mad, he's pissed, but then he realizes, Hey, there's a reason why he's doing it and he's doing it for his family. And once he realizes that is reciprocated 
the stress is alleviated. And that's what it's all about, guys. You guys have an awesome Christmas, awesome 2020. I'm out. Happy age facking.